1: and welcome you into Wake of Call with Dan Tortora on MixLR.com backslash Wake of Call DT. That's MixLR.com backslash Wake of Call DT, the LR standing for live radio. So, proud to be here with you on both, and you, like I said, you are watching and you are listening every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Facebook and on MixLR. So, with that being said, as we're hanging out here with Papa Joe, thanks to all of our proud partners uh, Papa Joe and I speaking on the Jaguars. PJ, thoughts on Nick Foles? I mean, we don't get to see a ton of them in preseason, but what's your overall take on Mr. Foles and what he's, uh, what this team could have, what this team could be? They've spent $88 million over four years on him. If he gets his incentives, it could be $100 million that he would be getting from the Jaguars as he takes over for Blake Bortles, who was shipped out to the Rams What's, what's your overall sense of Nick Foles and, and maybe anything that you saw this season when we, well, this preseason when we know that there's been uh, obviously very little because they try to keep everybody healthy that's starting? Uh,
0: well, you know, he's a big-time player, and you and I spoke most of the summer about and in the, in the early spring about trying to, you know, hopefully that they would sign him because he was the one that everyone was shooting for. And, you know, we had a feeling that... Uh, that they were going to pull a pull the trigger on this guy and he's the real deal. We know that. I mean, he's a, he's a consummate professional, big, tall, strong guy, good arm, not as big as arm is, uh, Bortles, but he's, he commands the offense. He knows what he's doing. He's a veteran. Uh, he's smart. He knows when to throw the ball away, he knows when to dump it off. He's got a very good backup in Minshew. I thought that kid did great. I am a little disappointed that we didn't get to see him play that much. Uh, well, because of that, I guess, uh, or from that, uh, Coach Brown seems to think that he's got a pretty good grasp of the offense, so we didn't need to see him on the field, but it would, it, I would like to see him, you know, spend a couple of uh, quarters on the field and yeah. turn, uh, turn the offensive loose a little bit, see what Fournette can do coming out of the backfield, and your man Armstead is going to be playing this year, They got a, their wide receivers are awesome, you know, with Lee Westbrook, Chark, and then those guys, I know they got rid of Pryor, but uh, they got they got they got a really 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 good offense and I think uh, Foles is going to be very it's going to be good for them. I think he's probably think you're probably going to find out this weekend or maybe the next weekend in the, in the near future who his favorite target's going to be like on the third and six or a, a second and eleven something like that. Who's who's going to be his most trusted target? Uh, we haven't seen that. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. We just don't know because we haven't we haven't seen Foles play that much. But uh, he's he's the real deal. We know that, and the league the league knows that too. So just because. Jacksonville has a big time defense. Don't overlook the offense. I'm really looking forward to see him on the field. I don't know about Kansas City's defense. Don't they probably don't play defense with <laughs> scoring scoring a thousand points a game? But uh, yeah. you know, it'll be fun to watch him.
1: Yeah, and you know, and, and to look at, and you said, I mean, wide receiver wise, you feel good about it. You know, DJ Chark came in last season as a rookie, uh, was supposed to rise up the depth chart fell down the depth chart, dropped a bunch of passes in the season, so did not have a nice debut. D.D. Westbrook has speed, and a couple years ago, when they made it all the way to the AFC Championship game, he was injured for part of it, but he was able to play against Pittsburgh and kind of play from there. So, you know, we haven't seen two full seasons of D.D. We haven't seen D.J. Chark really play up to the potential that so many are hoping that he has. So those guys kind of lead the way. And then Marquise Lee's coming off of a torn ACL. So you think that that there's there's good news here on this receiver core. What makes you believe in this receiver core with so many question marks?
0: Well, uh, Westbrook is, is one of my favorite players and has been. He just can stretch the field. And I know that Foles is going to take advantage of his speed and his elusiveness. Uh, to me, Lee is the key. Uh, I know he's going to come back healthy, stronger. Uh, I do believe that Foles is probably going to be checking down to lee a lot i think uh he's going to be his favorite receiver uh for the short passes or intermediate passes you know if Foles is back there he's got four seconds to make up his mind real quick uh and if he doesn't he's going to get sacked we know that so you know he's going to be looking over he's going to check down he's going to go to another playoff and on the line of scrimmage he's going to do this he's going to do that but i think if if it Push comes to shove, he's going to be coming back to Lee for his for his safety net. So um, that's what I'm looking for. The other guys are certainly good complements, Cole McBride, Conley, and so on. Uh, I think Lee's going to be the key.
1: Yeah, and Marquise Lee uh, coming back here for the Jacksonville Jaguars, like I said, after injury last year. Missed the entire season last season due to his ACL injury. So has obviously uh, no stats for 2018-19. In his seasons, he's only been with Jacksonville. He was drafted by Jacksonville. He had 422 yards as a rookie with a touchdown, uh, 191 yards. This is all receiving and a touchdown his second season. Uh, His big season where he actually got to be a big part of the offense was 2016-17 where he caught 105 passes, or pardon me, was targeted 105 times, caught 63, for eight hundred and fifty-one yards, three touchdowns. Two thousand seventeen, eighteen had fifty-six catches, seven hundred and two yards, and three touchdowns. So been relatively quiet. More of the numbers of of a second guy or a third guy. So you know we're still waiting for Marquise to take that leap, and it would be nice to see him do it. Obviously, this season it's imperative. Uh, C.J. Board is a guy who not a lot of people know about who had himself you know a pretty good preseason here he's coming out of Chattanooga and this is his first season in the NFL so he's a guy to look at Chris Conley comes over ironically from the Kansas City Chiefs and the first game of the season is against Kansas City so I mean Conley's a question mark C.J. Board you know it, it, there, to me it's it, you know Conley what's he going to do uh, see but the good thing about it is everybody's playing with a new quarterback at Jacksonville uh, C.J. Board as somebody who had a good preseason, but not with, you know, Nick Foles as his quarterback out there. Keelan Cole has stepped up before. Uh, Mark Lee, like I said, coming off of injury. DJ Chark's got to show what he could do and hold on to the pass. And then D.D. Westbrook is probably the guy that people lean on the most, but there are a bunch of individuals and they are relatively young, including, I mean, if Marquise Lee's grandpa, he's only played four seasons. So, you know, I mean, there is youth here, Papa Joe. So there's a future to this team being together. It's just, it's answering some question marks. And I guess it's good that none of them are going to get double covered, but it's also bad that Jacksonville doesn't really know who their guy is yet.
0: True, good, uh, good explanation there. I think uh, what's going to make fools more successful this year, I think you're probably going to see him check down to Fournette a lot or maybe Armstead or Blue or Rawls. Or, did Rawls make the team? Yeah, he's still there, right?
1: I believe that. Let me check with you right now. So the guys that have made it, uh, no. So it's uh, uh, Devin Azigbo, who I actually had covered when he was getting recruited, uh, Tyler Irvin and Ryqual Armstead are there.
0: Okay. All right, uh, anyway, checking down to Fournette. Fournette, to me, has been a stiff. He's been an extreme disappointment, truly uh, unreliable, uh, very immature. Uh, To me, he's been a big stiff. And this year, actually, after the first couple, three games, we're going to know whether he's going to show up this year or not. Uh, Possibility that they could dump him because I don't – you know, he just needs to show more, and by – not by running between the tackles to get him around and carrying the ball, he's going to have to be a force for Foles. He's going to have to block for Foles. He's going to have to catch the ball out of the backfield for Foles. He's going to have to block for his tight ends. He's going to have to do. He's going to have to do a lot of things, and we haven't seen him play. I mean, I'm a very disappointed in him because I thought him coming out of LSU would would make a huge difference for for Jacksonville. Really, we're going to put the player that, that put him over the edge like Barkley from the uh, New York Jets. Uh, Giants. He hasn't done that. We don't know what he is. Uh, he's, he's a chameleon. I hope he shows up and I hope he plays because if Foles doesn't like what he's doing, he'll set his ass down.
1: Well, and, and the thing about this is, you know, that they have brought in so much talent to try and and, and answer the situation. I mean, last year with Leonard Fournette being injured, they brought in Jamal, Jamal Charles out of retirement, who is a former Kansas City Chief. They brought in David Williams, from the practice squad of the Denver Broncos. Bo Scarborough, who was drafted very, very late a couple years ago by Dallas, brought him in, brought in Carlos Hyde from the Cleveland Browns, who now ironically is with Kansas City. You know, they had T.J. Yeldon, they had Corey Grant. They tried to answer the question, and, and then they brought in Thomas Rawls this season for a little bit, and they tried to work some guys out. And, and you know, now they brought in uh, Devin Ozigbo and Raquel Armstead, two rookies, and then Tyler Irvin's there. And they brought in Alfred Blue, who's injured, but he did some nice things in the preseason for the Jaguars coming over from the Houston Texans. So, you know, I mean, they've tried to answer the question. And my question to Jacksonville is, how long are you going to try to answer the question of what to do in an emergency instead of just replacing him completely? I mean, I would imagine that Leonard Fournette, and I said this before weeks ago, months ago, Leonard Fournette has eight weeks. In my opinion, he has between week one and week eight to prove himself and to stay healthy. If he doesn't, then I could see him getting shipped out by the Jaguars by week eight because of the fact that you don't want to go every season saying, here's our bell cow, but he kind of is, but he's kind of not, but we can't really trust him, but he's a problem on you know, on the sideline, but he's also an issue in getting in fights, and he's not smart with using his hands to punch a helmet, and his hamstring got injured, and he's done this, and he's done that, and he's on Tom Coughlin's poop list. So, I mean, when you look at the whole grand scheme of things, you don't want to do that for another season in a row, and you don't want to sign five people to try and fill the need of one guy. So I can only imagine that Leonard Fournette's best opportunity to stay in Jacksonville and to get paid is to stay healthy, stay quiet, go to work, be smart, take care of business and be a leader or else Tom Coughlin might be sending him a little pink slip at some point.
0: Uh, Very well said and I agree with everything you said. I think Armstead really looked really good and uh, he could be a viable option for number two and perhaps even... uh, uh, replace Fournette, but as good as this offense hopefully is, we want to be sure that the offensive line is is uh, is solid. And of course, picking up Taylor from my Gators is going to give the Jaguars a couple of bookends of tackles. And uh, those guys, if those guys stay healthy, uh, Foles is going to sit back there all day and pass. So I'm looking forward to see those big bookends uh, protect and even you know do a lot of run blocking for Fournette, uh, you know you know they put the preseason in play so the coaches can evaluate players uh but if you don't put your your good guys on the field every once in a while you know you sit them out i mean what's what's the sense of having them i mean if if they want to do that then you know just cut cut the preseason down to two games and you know, let everyone roll uh I want to see Robinson and Taylor play together. Uh, I want to see how they're going to protect Foles. I want to see how they're going to run black. Uh, they've certainly got some decent guards, and Can a, a, is Candace probably going to play center or Linder. I'm not sure, but Robinson and Taylor are going to be really going to be key to the line and going to be key to the offense if they can keep Foles standing up.
1: Right, and, and the sad thing about this is, when we talk about Alfred Blue, is that he looks pretty good in preseason for the Jaguars, and he's on injured reserve. Got injured during the second preseason game uh, this summer here with a left ankle injury. He can't return until week nine, but can begin practicing two weeks earlier. So we're not going to have Alfred Blue in Jacksonville until week nine that he's eligible to play. So this is another guy that they spent money on, spent a roster spot on, and feel that he's good enough to keep. So that's something to be looked at. The other piece of this is the fact that we are uh, learning here and and have learned here that offensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator John D'Filippo, said that Fournette will be a major part of the passing game this season. So we're going to see how good of a catching back Leonard Fournette is. So I mean, to me, it's just if we if Jacksonville can have Leonard Fournette for a full season and see what he can do in 16 games, hopefully more then that would be a great litmus test of where this offense is because as it stands right now this offense is pretty good but it could be a hell of a lot better if that guy who is drafted 4th overall who you know got good rookie money is going to you know be someone that's panned out you don't draft a guy 4th overall of almost 300 picks when you think, ah, he'll probably play for us a little bit. I mean, this is a guy who you are expecting to be out there for you on every single down, and Leonard Fournette has to prove that he can do that, that he can handle 15 to 20, 25 carries in a game. I mean, yeah, you got Nick Foles, you got a you got a slinger out there, and you got Minshew who's got a good arm, but ultimately, Leonard Fournette has to do what he needs to do. Doug Marone's an old school type of coach. He wants to run it down your throat and play really good defense. They got defense on paper for days, and now they need Leonard Fournette to come through. The best option behind him looked like it was going to be Alfred Blue. He's out. So now Raquel Armstead, and I've told people over and over and over again, Raquel Armstead is going to play as a freshman in the NFL. He is going to play as a rookie. You need to watch him. You need to pay attention to what he does because he very well could sneak his way into the starting role if anything happens to Leonard Fournette, and now he's one step out of it.
0: Hey Amen, I like that. You know, Fournette, all he's got to do is just look and read what's happened in the last couple of months, and even the last couple of days. Yeah. With Todd Gurley getting his big contract, Zeke Elliott going to the going to the bank from poor Jerry Jones. Um you know, if Fournette sees that and he says, "Geez, you know, I'm almost as good as those guys. If I can, if I can put together a, a year like, like I should, maybe I can get some money like that." So, you know, it's all laid out there for Fournette. There, there's no, there's no wishy-washy area here. There's no black and white. You got to do the job. And you're right about Armstead. He does look really good on the field, but all Fournette has got to look at what Gurley and Elliott did, and say, "I'm going to get some of that money." But he's got to play to do it.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I. I agree 100% that he's got to put himself out there and actually come up with something. Because right now, if he's... I mean, it was the same thing with Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson being in a contract year, tears his ACL, goes back to Jacksonville. Any conversation he has with Jacksonville, well, you know, I'd like $8 million a year. i go, <laughs> no. I'd say you can get, you can have 800000 But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if you want to make that money, then you're going to have to stay healthy, stay out of trouble, and you have to prove yourself. And so, I mean, that's that's just how it's got to be. Charney's Men's Wear and Tuxedo Studios is where we're hanging out, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. Doesn't matter what size you are as a man, doesn't matter what your style is. If you like the Callaway, the Bamboo K, if you're like PJ over here and you love yourself some Tommy Bahama, no matter what it is, it's all there. And Papa Joe, we got to get your tail up here and out of hurricane season so we can enjoy some Tommy Bahama at Charney's.
0: Uh, can't wait to shop up there. Can't wait to shop.
1: And they definitely have a lot of good stuff. I got my first Tommy Bahama shirt from Charney's, and I will remember that always. So thank you to Charney's. Hopefully, many more to come here. Papa Joe and I, every Thursday morning from here on out, are going to be having some fun talking pigskin with you. And we did it last season. We're doing it again this season. Every Thursday morning, Papa Joe from St. Augustine, Florida, and myself, Dan Titora, up here in Central and Upstate New York, are going to be hanging out with you. Uh, Florida, obviously, the second home of my show, and New York, the first, and I love them both all the same. So with that being said, we are here inside of the conversation. have been talking about the Jaguars. We're going to switch gears a little bit and talk some college football. Papa Joe, Syracuse, for the first time in a very, very long time, I believe it was 1998, Syracuse is ranked in the preseason coming in to the season was ranked. That had not happened since 1998. They came into the season ranked 22 in the AP, 22 in the coaches. They won this past week over Liberty 24 to nothing on the road against a new FBS independent team. They moved up in the AP to 21. They stayed at 22 in the coaches poll. What are your thoughts on seeing a big orange S finally in the nation's top 25?
0: Oh great. Good to see it. It's been a long time coming. I know you follow him pretty closely and you have uh, good opinions about what they've done. Uh, um you know, I really liked I really like DeVito. I liked him a lot last year when he when he backed up that the stud quarterback. Uh he really looked good. He looked good in the in the little film clips I saw of him. He's got a big time arm. I think he's gonna carry the offense a long way, but Uh, I think Syracuse's defense has showed up, that's for sure, against maybe a real weak Liberty team. But they're going to see how good they are this week against Maryland. So going to watch them. Hopefully I can catch them on TV. I don't know if the game's going to be shown. Yeah,
1: they will be. They will be shown. Okay,
0: good, good. I'll be able to see it then. Uh, If DeVito can tear apart Maryland, maybe you guys got a shot.
1: Yeah, and the great thing about this is, and and first and foremost, let me say too, I know that there's apps and there's all this stuff now, but the fact that in order to watch Syracuse, you have to have the ACC Network, ESPN Plus, cable, this that. I mean, it's it's so ridiculous. I mean, are they going to put Syracuse games on Netflix now? Like, I'm just, I'm getting, I'm over it. Okay, we live in Syracuse, New York. Every game should be on local television. I love y'all to pieces and I know y'all want to make money, but remember back in the day where there was like maybe 50 to 60 channels total, and if you had 60 channels, you were a baller? Well, back then, Syracuse games were on normal television. You can pick it up on Rabbit Ear TV. So instead of channel 359, let's get them back on 3, 5, and 9 and start showing Syracuse where they should be, which is to their fans in Syracuse. So. With that being said, the game will be on ESPN. It's going to be at noon, Syracuse at Maryland this Saturday, September 7th. The game will be at noon and it will be nationally televised. So you'll be able to see it, Papa Joe, and see what they can do. My concern, I know that Maryland has a, uh, they have a new head coach. They have a new quarterback, a quarterback that I know all too well, Josh Jackson, because he used to be the quarterback of the Virginia Tech Hokies and in my extensive coverage of the ACC, I've crossed paths with him, obviously, a bunch of times. So, with that being said, you know, they they got some newness on the team. They are coming off of a win over Howard, 79 to nothing, which made them feel all types of jazzy. They got to play a, a couple different. And Josh Jackson played the majority of quarterback. They got to switch it up just a little bit, but Josh Jackson, 15 to 24 in his Maryland debut, 245 passing yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Jake Funk brought the Funk back to Maryland. 12 carries, 79 yards, one touchdown, over six yards a carry. They had 48 carries on the team over, I think it was nine different play, eight different players that had at least one carry in the game. Uh, Dante Demas uh, Jr. had 100 yards on only three catches and two touchdowns off of three catches. So uh, a big-time playmaker there. Obviously, it was Howard. So, you know, it's like you look at all those numbers, but you have to gauge it a little bit differently uh, as far as who they were going up against. Same thing with Syracuse, but a lot of guys got involved. They got to play a lot of their reserves, which is good for experience, and it's good in case of injury. So Maryland's coming in here 1-0. Syracuse is 1-0. I feel that Syracuse can withstand the test. My only real big concern is the fact of maryland being at home and if this game was in syracuse i'd feel a little bit better about it but this game is in maryland
0: yes uh, again we're very well set up but dino babers will have his team ready to go <clears throat> but if i'm not mistaken maryland's coach is mike loxley and he came he's he's from the alabama coaching tree so it, it doesn't surprise me that uh maryland won uh, so easily over howard Probably due to the uh, to the the area that Mike Lockley's familiar with. I think he was offensive coordinator down there for Bama. But if he's from Nick Saban's coaching tree, you know he's going to have he's going to have things in order. He's going to be detailed. He's going to have a he's going to be a hard nosed coach, a well well thought of coach. That's for sure. I'm glad he's got a shot. Uh, But if if he's from the Bama coaching tree. the player, the players are going to know how to play football. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and <clears throat> and to uh, to be able to see this, and and, and I'm hoping the nation will be watching because you know Syracuse has been playing better. So this would have been an ACC game a few years back, like seven, eight years ago. This would have been an ACC game because Maryland, as some people may have forgotten already, Maryland was in the ACC. So you know that this this used to be an ACC type of matchup. So Syracuse will square off against Maryland at noon Eastern time. Uh, After that, Papa Joe, we have Syracuse and Clemson in Syracuse. Two years ago, this happened. And two years ago, Syracuse got the win. Now I'm going to set you up. Clemson came to Syracuse after winning a national title. Clemson came to Syracuse after losing to only one team in like two years, which is Alabama. So you look at that picture. You come to this picture now. Clemson hasn't really lost that many games. Clemson hasn't had too many issues in the last couple years. They're coming off of winning a national championship. They're coming back to the dome. So the stage is set again. It's a different quarterback than it was last time. It's a different defensive line than it was last time, but it's still Dabo Sweeney. It's still Clemson chugging along and it's still Syracuse. The difference is people are not having Syracuse sneak up on them anymore because Syracuse has national respect. They got a bunch of players up for awards that were brought up in the preseason. Not only that, they are ranked in the top 25 in both polls. Like I said, they were picked by the ACC media, including myself, to finish second behind only Clemson in the Atlantic Division of the ACC. So they're not sneaking up on Clemson this time, but it's going to be a big game in Week 3. Thoughts on Clemson going back to the Dome where they lost... And it was their only loss besides Alabama at the time.
0: Well, the difference between the two teams now is becoming increasingly or decreasingly small. Uh, two years ago or three years ago, uh, Clemson was dominant, and well, they're dominant now. But the the difference is that, that Syracuse is a much much better team. Uh, Dino Babers, he knows, how to, he knows how to recruit, he knows how to teach, he knows how to coach. Uh, he's, he's the real deal, and I'm still waiting for him to get money. Hey, did, he, did, did he ever get more money? He,
1: what, he, he, he did happened. get more money, but Syracuse does not disclose the amount of money or the amount of time or, or really any. I mean, when we find out that Dabo signed on until 2097, you know yeah. that comes out to us. But Syracuse is notorious for not telling anybody anything.
0: No, it's true. Well, you know, one thing I've always enjoyed about the Southern teams, and I've told you this several times, is that the Southern teams, the SEC, is in particular—not this year because they got some real sorry teams this year—but they play with speed. They play with speed all over the field, not in, not only offense-wise, but defensively-wise, and uh, Clemson speed. Maybe the difference in that game. I, I really can't wait to see it. But Syracuse has been recruiting some some fast players, and you know all you got to do is just look at what the SEC and the, and the Big Ten and those guys down south of Oklahoma do with with offense. They got a lot of fast guys on the field. Whether you're a, a offensive guard pulling, a, a tight end that can run the, run the routes, or a speed demon on the outside, they are playing with speed, and I think Dino recognized that and is now. Uh, signing, a lot of kids with speed. Uh, I know he loves to play good defense, and he's got some speedy linebackers this year. I really look for that game to be close. I don't think that Syracuse is going to win the game, but I think the difference is going to be not very much. Let's put it that way.
1: That coming from Papa Joe's, we talk college football here this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Charneys Men's Wear and Tuxedo Studios on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York In week three, there are four games that I think could pull college game day. Papa Joe, you and I, I mentioned these to you off the air. I want to get your thoughts. Clemson at Syracuse, which is on ABC at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Florida at Kentucky, your Gators, at 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Uh, Other games that could pull this would be Pittsburgh at Penn State on ABC. That's a noon game, though. So, you know, game day doesn't really get the full day of this one. Pittsburgh at Penn State. And then the only other game that I would mention here would be Iowa State in Iowa, which could potentially pull college game day. So those are the four that I think could get it for week three. Those are the only four that I could imagine Iowa will be at Iowa State at 4 p.m. on FS1. So I mean, uh, really, to me, it comes down to Florida, Kentucky, or Clemson, Syracuse. I know you love your Gators, but Syracuse and Clemson are both ranked. If they're both 2-0 and going into this thing, this is pretty big. And if somehow Clemson loses to Texas A&M, it still stays big. So thoughts on, you know, where college game day should post up. They've never been at a Syracuse football game.
0: Uh, I'd love to see that. But in the early part of the season, and even later, uh, when you have the homecoming and everything, you know, they play cupcakes. Uh, all these teams, they uh, – look, look what Tennessee did. They had to pay uh, – I forgot who it was anyway. They had to pay that team nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars and they got beat. So you bring in the cupcakes, you think you you know you think you can roll over these things. Uh, Florida's yeah. not playing this week, but they're they're playing uh, they Tennessee Martin or something like that. that's a real cupcake, eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Florida looked awful against Miami. Don't count Miami out. Miami looked pretty good for a for a a new start, a new coach, and this guy's the real deal, so Florida, you know, the ACC just got to look at this and say, well, Florida's a good team. That, 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 that Miami's going to surprise a lot of people this year. My Gators, Felipe Franks, we've been waiting for eight years for this guy <laughs> to come through and, and, and be a stud quarterback. He's got it all. I mean, he's got he's got size. He's got running ability. He's got a rifle for a for an arm. He's got it all. He just... It seems he just lacking that little thing to get them going, and Kentucky coming off their embarrassing loss. Uh, but you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of teams this this, this time of the year not showing their true colors. We're going to see Clemson's really true colors against Texas A&M. Old Jimbo, by the way, he's probably happy to be out of Florida State. Uh, Jimbo is going to throw the book at Trevor Lawrence. So. We're going to see if Trevor Lawrence is the real deal this weekend, because that's going to be one hell of a game
1: to watch. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and to be able to see this game, you know, and, and this game will be after Syracuse's game. So Syracuse is playing at noon today, or noon, I should say Saturday, September 7th. Uh, Syracuse at Maryland at noon Eastern time, and that is on ESPN. And then we'll be able to watch Texas A&M at Clemson on ABC at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, September 7th. So nice little double header to start off your Saturday. And I might be out there apple picking a little bit if the weather stays beautiful up here. So I'm thinking about Saturday like this. Apple picking, Syracuse, Clemson, and Texas A&M. So not a bad way to start off the weekend and uh, trying to get my tail down to Jacksonville because there is a, a big time game to start off the season if weather permits it So So with that being said, Papa Joe, I'm going to go to a couple games here that I'd love to get your thoughts on. Uh, We got some Friday games going on, no Thursday games, but we're going to go down the line here. Cincinnati, Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle's heading back to Ohio State for the first time. Luke Fickle came from Ohio State as a coordinator, went and took the job at Cincinnati, stayed in the same state of Ohio, and has done tremendously well with Cincinnati in a very short amount of time. Thoughts on Cincinnati going to Ohio State at noon Eastern time on ABC?
0: Ohio State better watch it. They better be real, 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 real careful. Uh, Luke Frickle has been a giant coach for the last 15 years. Uh, you know, I don't like Ohio State. It's all because of Urban Myers, But, uh, <clears throat> you know, they do a good job up there, and they, they – they, recruit well, and they got all these five-stars and four-stars and things like that. They brought in a new quarterback, quote-unquote, new quarterback to to play. Uh, Don't know how he's going to look yet because he didn't play anyone last week. Cincinnati will bring the house. This is going to be a good game. This is a lot tougher than people think it is. They think this is a rollover for Ohio State. Well, it's not going to be. Cincinnati is dangerous, and they could win this game.
1: No, absolutely. And and the thing is, and, and what we have to make note of here is, Cincinnati played UCLA last year in UCLA and beat them. UCLA came to Cincinnati last week, and guess what happened there? Cincinnati beat them again. So, you know, so now here they go, living off of that, going and playing Ohio State. You can't sit here and say, the American Athletic Conference doesn't play anybody in non-conference play, because they're playing UCLA and Ohio State in the first two freaking games, of the season, when some other people are playing Furman and Citadel, Cincinnati is playing Ohio State after playing UCLA. So, cool.
0: we can say Chip Kelly goodbye. I think.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think Chip Kelly's got it. Got any long time sticking around in UCLA by any stretch of the imagination? There was no,
0: there, there was no offensive that blew my skirt up that he was throwing around there. Uh, they just got beat. They got beat two years in a row by a good team. And his, his whatever whatever he's doing it, you say it's not working. So, but still, it was a good was a good win for Cincinnati.
1: Absolutely. So, who are you going with Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Ohio State?
0: Well, if I was gambling, I'd take Cincinnati with the points. Uh, but it, Ohio State should win the game because they're at home. But it, it's going to be a very good game, a very good game. And I don't look for. you know, I'm still looking for uh, their. Ohio State's quarterback isn't
1: he the one that came from uh, Kelly Bryant? Isn't that right? Uh, the no Ohio oh. uh, Ohio State's quarterback. They had a little shift and a little mix around here, and they uh, obviously played FAU in their first game, and their quarterback's Justin Fields.
0: Yeah, Justin, Kelly Bryant, uh, he came from Clemson, I think. Anyway, Kelly Fields, uh, he came from Georgia. Anyway, he's supposed to be a world beater, so we'll see how good he is. Uh, uh, The first game's not going to show anything, but he's a good athlete. Uh, He just couldn't play up there, down here for Clemson. So, you know, I look for, if, if I was gambling, I'd take Cincinnati points, but Ohio State should win at home without the points.
1: So you're going to go with that. I am going to go with Cincinnati in that game. I'm going upset city on that one. I'm going upset city. Got to take care of that. So uh, Syracuse at Maryland, we talked about it. Who are you picking?
0: I like Syracuse. Uh, I don't know what Lexley's got in store for Syracuse, but scoring 79 points against Howard is not going to impress anyone. Uh, I didn't even think Howard still had a football team, but I don't know how they can schedule a game like that, or even play a game like that. If I be down to the fifth string, <laughs> uh, winning seventy-nine to nothing. But uh, Syracuse is uh, Syracuse is much quicker and faster. Uh, uh, I, I'm sure that Syracuse should win this game.
1: We're both picking Syracuse <clears throat> in the matchup. Like I said, it concerns me a little bit that it's on the road, but ultimately Syracuse. Uh, that defense has been very, very strong. Uh, they've been good. They have to show that they're a true road team and a strong road team. They took care of the Loud House last year. They won every game at home. Now they have to show they can win on the road, something Syracuse had been relatively incapable of doing before Dino came in and, and during some of the time that Dino was there as he was trying to get things set and ready. Next game Hark. up. Go ahead, Joe. Mark, I have an
0: announcement. Yes. The sun, The sun just came out.
1: There we go. I love My that. Goodness gracious. I love that. You know, I was thinking right. I was thinking about that in the moment. I'm happy that the sun has returned to Florida. <laughs> the the her, Hurricane Dorian needs to go back into the ocean and leave everybody the freak alone. Oh, no. So it's, it's good. Gonna, I'm it's happy to skirt
0: the coach. It's gonna go up to you guys. It's gonna skirt the coach. Probably gonna be close to Maryland by, by game time.
1: Well the thing that's crazy is that we got some fanatical rain up here, some, like, weird-sounding, weird-moving rain that was kind of, like, bouncing around the house and stuff. So, you know, we, we've gotten some some strange remnants of your storm, I'll say. <laughs> what? Well, I'm happy that you have your son back, which is good. So Texas A&M, Papa Joe, at Clemson. They had this game last year. It was very close. The only team to almost beat Clemson besides Syracuse was Texas A&M. And Jimbo Fisher, good old old, Jimbo I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, I'm Jimbo Fisher, and I love this team. So old Jimbo Fisher, who knows all too well how to play that Dabo Sweeney, they're back again facing off. I love this matchup because Clemson and Texas A&M have the opportunity to keep Jimbo and, and Dabo on opposite fields up against each other. What do you think about this one?
0: It's going to be a great game to watch. Uh, Clemson, uh, Clemson should win the game. I think Lawrence will probably come through and be the kind of quarterback that he's supposed to be. Uh, through some terrible couple of terrible interceptions last week, and Jimbo, Jimbo, you know he's a good coach, a good recruiter, and he's been around for a long time, and he's got uh, a hotbed of recruiting in in Texas, just like he had here in Florida. Uh, he's going to recruit some good guys. I think he's probably maybe a, maybe a year away. From doing what he wants to do around in the SEC West, uh, but I think I think uh, Clemson wins the game. I think I don't. First of all, I don't think Texas A&M got any defense, and they're not going to stop ATN on the, on carrying the ball. So if they if, if Clemson establishes the run, it's going to be a long day for, for Jimbo. So I look for uh, Lawrence and and uh, Clemson to pick it up and really air it out this week.
1: We got a really tough game coming up. Besides that, I'm going to pick Clemson as well. I think Syracuse and Clemson. 2 0 going into the dome sets up a great little homecoming for us here in Syracuse. Really tough game coming up. Remember how I told you some teams play tough games and other teams play garbage? And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, I'm just trying to be honest about the fact that some of these teams who they're playing is utterly ridiculous. So while Texas AM and Clemson are facing off, Alabama's at home against independent school New Mexico State.
0: Oh my goodness, that's awful. That This is, talk about we're going to see how deep Nick Saban is now because yeah. probably at halftime he's going to have his 20th string coming in there ready to go. It's going to be an embarrassment.
1: Well, And, the, and one thing I'm kind of circling just because Florida State just lost at home to Boise State and Tallahassee is that they're playing Louisiana Monroe, but Florida State's still trying to figure it out and Willie Taggart is gonna need some time. It's only a second season with the team. A little bit concerned about Florida State. They start off their season with two games at home, but they already dropped one to Boise State.
0: That they they should never have lost that game against Boise State. Boise State was beat thirty one to thirteen. They were on the on their heels. And Florida State laid down for you know it could be conditioning, it could be coaching. I never thought uh, I never thought that Florida State was going to do anything this year, or maybe even next year, but I think their coaches on. If you read, it's called War Chant. It's Florida State's little, little uh, website and newspaper that they put out. They are all over this guy's butt. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's very unfortunate, but I don't think he was as good a coach as they think he was when he. I think he spent a year at Oregon and yeah. South Florida, or something like that. He just, I, I just don't think he's that good of a coach. Uh, He's a personable guy, probably recruits well. I know he's at Florida State's ahead of Florida in in recruiting right now, but, hey, you still got to get W's. You got to get W's, and I don't – they need to show a lot. They just laid laid over against Boise State. Boise State probably thought about themselves and think, you know, we're beat and let's start running the ball and doing some things. All of a sudden they started getting first downs. They started completing some passes. They scored some points. They win a game. How can you go from Jacksonville – being at a neutral site, supposed to be a neutral site, or a hurricane, get a free game in Tallahassee and lose. How
1: yeah. do you do that? Yeah, no, absolutely, and I'm with you 100% on it. The The other game that we have to look at here, Papa Joe, speaking of them cakes, you brought it up, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPNU, the University of Tennessee Martin will be facing Florida in Gator Country in Gainesville. Will you be watching this game?
0: Of course not.
1: <laughs> I
0: what I'll do is I'll you know that's that's TV time for Mary and I. So what I'll do is I'll keep my ESPN app handy and I'll check the scores and maybe it, uh, after we have a break between a, our shows and I'll catch five minutes of it or something like that. But you know it's it's time for sure Florida to just you know open up and and see what they got. They they got it all. I mean they they're you know when you look at the sec there's really only three teams this year four teams this year yeah there's alabama there's lsu there's auburn and georgia and everyone else really is mediocre including florida now, florida probably will can't be georgia uh they're gonna have to breathe they have to beat the rest of the teams just to come in second in the in in the league uh on their division but the other teams in the SEC are poor this year. Even you know Texas A&M can step it up a little bit, but yeah, the other teams are just awful. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised that uh, those four teams—they—they got to play each other. But two of those four teams are going to wind up in the in the bowl series. So it, the the disparity between the good and the bad this year in the SEC is awful. So, and I that, I throw my Gators in there. I mean, that, they got to really they got really good. Step up. I mean, they have to do it. I mean, this is not going to be a game. The yeah. Their first game against Kentucky at Kentucky. Uh, that's a that's a hostile environment. You know, Tennessee got beat by a cupcake. They got to play them over there, I think. But they did. They, they play LSU. They play Auburn. It's going to be a hard game for the Gators. But those four teams from the SEC are really going to determine who's going to be in the bowl series.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and as we finish up here. PJ, there is a game that, that you kind of circle that may be of some concern. Buffalo, who has played well in women's basketball, men's basketball, and in football, and that guy Khalil Mack, who plays for the Chicago Bears, who have the number one ranked defense in the nation of 32 NFL franchises to many, he came from Buffalo. So Buffalo is playing Penn State. There are certain games on the schedule that people are circling. One of them being potentially this one, also Cincinnati and Ohio state that we talked about as shaking up the climate of the college football playoff already. What do you think about Buffalo Penn state?
0: Buffalo's got a serious chance to win this game. Penn state is overrated. They're having some serious problems with their coach Franklin. I guess there's some bad press about that or something going on up there. Uh, that's happening. Uh, James Franklin, uh, Buffalo, if they can play play super defense, they they can do it. Uh, I think Penn State is overrated this year, just like Ohio State is. I think in a Big Ten, you probably just got Michigan leading that way. But I think I think Buffalo's got a good chance in this game.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Buffalo as well and make those Buffalo fans oh so proud because I have chosen you to win. Uh, The only other game I want to talk well, there's two games I want to talk about really quick. Uh, first and foremost, the Houston Cougars, also the American Athletic, they went up against Jalen Hurts, who made his debut for Oklahoma, coming from Alabama. He had six touchdowns in the game. However, Houston made this a game, 49-31, to not too shabby. Papa Joe, guess who Houston gets in Week 2?
0: Another cupcake.
1: <laughs> they get a team that sounds like a television show that used to air on Nick at Night. They get Prairie View.
0: Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, geez. <clears throat> that was a heck of a game. Uh, you're right. Houston's going to be a good team this year. Yeah. You know, with, with a little defense, they, they – but you, Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts. You know, he was a star as a freshman. He's going to be a star as a graduate transfer. Uh, Oklahoma's not going skip any, to skip any beat. They're probably going to have to average 60 points a game because they're going to give up 50. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, and we look at yeah, and and Houston obviously has to play that strong defense that they've been known for in the past at moments in the last you know when they actually played well a few years ago. Overall, they had that defense; they've had the offense. Now they have to show it both with head coach Dana Holgerson, that is with the team now after coming from West Virginia. Two quick games here, Uh, one of them, another one of some concern potentially. California at number fourteen, Washington
0: going To be a good game, I like Peterson up there as the coach, he's done a great job. Uh, I, I, I think Washington wins this game,
1: so I'm gonna go with Washington in this game as well. It's just one of the ones I circle now. They have to do everything they can, speaking of the Pac-12, because they have no choice. Because I don't feel like the college football playoff committee really respects them. So they're going to have to win as many games as humanly possible to make it difficult for them to be overlooked because the Pac-12 has been left on the outside looking in since Washington got blasted by Alabama in recent history. In the college football playoff, last game to talk about LSU at Texas. Two top ten teams playing in week two. Number six LSU, number nine Texas.
0: Boy, this is a this is a pick'em game. This is this is a tough game, a pick'em game. I'm, I'm sure the line is, is less than five points, three points probably. But uh, I think Coach O is, uh, has to has to, this year. I think he has to coach for his job. You know, the expectations at LSU are always unreasonable, and Coach O is a good good coach and a good recruiter. I think Coach O at LSU can win this game.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm going to side with LSU in this one as well. I'm going to pick LSU to, to win this matchup. I think it'll be a good game, but I think that ultimately LSU has to show some signs of life here early on if they want any shot at anything big going on. So I'm going to lean on LSU and see what they can do. And uh, Jay said, I would not touch this game. Washington in a walk, great stadium too. uh, Also gave us his prediction, said Syracuse 20, Maryland 14. So with that being said, Papa Joe is here with us every single Thursday, officially starting today and carrying us all the way through the college and professional football seasons. PJ, it's great to have you back. I know you and I talk every day, but now you got to talk to the people with that new beautiful logo out there. So thank you for everything. Say hello to the beautiful bride, and I look forward to talking with you soon.
0: Good. Thank you for all our prayers. Now it's time to clean up.